HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas, flying solo today. Um, Got lucky enough to finally have Dan Johnson, Nine Finger Chronicles, the the owner of Sportsman's Empire Network, on with me. Um, Actually, we kind of joke about it in the show. It's the first time Dan's ever been on our show for some reason. But we did uh, finally get together and uh, talk about some turkeys, really. Um, It's a little bit of a BS session, not... Not too much. We talk mostly about turkeys. Uh, Dan basically just walked out in the woods and killed himself a turkey. He's the best turkey hunter of all time, apparently. So we talk about that story. Uh, talk about kind of the, the pull in both of our lives this time of year um, where we get kind of pulled in a bunch of different directions with family, uh, spring, whitetail, turkeys, coyotes for myself, all these different ways we're getting pulled and how turkey hunting sometimes um, gets, you know, kind of put on the back burner for a lot of us, uh, especially me. Dan's had that happen to him, so we kind of talk about the balance there. And then we get a little bit into whitetail hunting also, which is really what I start thinking about. Basically, as soon as grass starts growing, I start thinking about antler growth and that sort of stuff. So we kind of talk about that sort of stuff too, and we even talk about having a shitty knee. Uh, Dan and I both suffer from horrible knees, and uh, he's talking about a knee replacement, and we get into that even. So it's it's a good, uh, you know, about 45, 50 minute long episode with Dan, and um, it's it's a good time, and and I enjoy talking with him. So I appreciate, want to thank Dan for coming on and um, doing what he does for uh, our podcast as well as all the podcasts on the network. Let's get into some some sponsors before we uh, hop into today's show. Talking about antler growth, so you're going to want to put out your Lucky Buck mineral. I already dropped mine in the beginning of April. Got another one coming. Actually, by the time y'all hear this show, it'll probably already be out. So make sure you check out Lucky Buck, luckybuckmineral.com. Uh, it's really an affordable way. We've talked about it in our show before. We used to mix our own stuff and do all this you know, stuff six bucks five to six buckets of lucky buck a year um, will supplement your deer all year so it's an easier way to go now man i just i stop by the store and i get myself a bucket and move on so check them out luckybuckmineral.com river's edge tree stands use the code missouri 10 for 10 percent off plus free shipping on hang-ons or ladders which is a huge savings by the way and shipping uh, I just got a shipment last week. Micah took a picture. I don't know what he did with it. He helped me unload everything. I've got like four double ladder stands to to put together this year so that I can get the boys out in more places 
this year is my my goal right now i've only got one two man and then one like double hang on setup that they can go hunting in and it just makes it to where they don't get to go with me as much as i'd like so bought some doubles and i got to put the damn things together that's the only bad thing about buying tree stands is putting them together um so check them out though river's edge tree stands um got a lot of options for comfort that's for sure athlon optics really good optics i'm not going to say the word and really good prices you can't really go wrong with any of their stuff i personally run the midas tack and the aries etrehd um those are the two i run right now but i would put any of their scopes on one of my guns i like their higher end stuff just because it isn't that expensive in the first place that's the best part even their higher end stuff is is a affordable price so check out Athlon Optics, Athlon Optics. Find a dealer near you. If you don't know one, get a hold of us. We'll help you find a good one. Weber Outfitters, speaking of Athlon dealers, they're one. Uh, Weber Outfitters is a, uh, a bow and gun shop out in Hawk Point, Missouri. They carry pretty much everything. I would guess in the next few weeks you're going to be hearing a show with them. We still haven't figured out when we're going to go out there. But like I've talked about, I'm going to be getting a new bow for the first time in, I would say, at least seven years without actually doing the math. I've been shooting a 2011 Bowtech Assassin for a long time. Love that bow, but I'm I'm trying to spread my wings and find something new. Um, so Weber Outfitters is going to help me with that. They carry pretty much every bow brand you can think of, all the big boys um, that are out there for the most part they carry and um you know they also got a gun shop if you're looking for that and all kinds of different archery stuff they've got a full full archery staff uh that know what they're doing to help you out with your with your bows as well as an indoor range and uh, i think an outdoor range might be coming at some point sounds like maybe so check them out weber outfitters morel targets don't know what else to say if you don't know who morel targets are you're probably living under a rock they make some awesome targets They've got, you know, for me, the, the rollers, the high roller targets are, are my favorite. You can throw them in the back of a truck uh, when you're going out to Colorado, uh, anywhere in the backyard. And what I like about having that dice set up is you can just throw it and let it roll. And where it, where it lands is where you shoot. Uh, I've done that game before with myself. And um, it's, a, it's a pretty cool setup. So check out Morel Targets, MorelTargets.com. And... Um, I would say it's it's probably time to be, sh- you know, having those out there and shooting your bow, so check them out. Uh, who else I got here? Midwest Gunworks. Use our code WOODSWATER for 5% off. Um, kind of put the guns away a little bit, actually, over the last few months after all the coyote hunting we've been doing, which is fine. Um, but it's about that time. I, I kind of want to go coyote hunting again already. I've kind of talked about it with pups in the ground. Um it's going to be about time to do stuff. I think Tory Cook is going to be on our show pretty soon. He's probably going to get me all fired up, and within a few days after talking to him, I'll probably be back out uh, trying to, to get some some uh, some coyotes with pups on the ground uh, to get pissed off. So check out Midwest Gunworks. Guns, parts, you name it, it's out there. That code is good for anything on their site, including ammo. So check them out, MidwestGunworks.com. On X, use the code MWW20 for 20% off. Uh, 
That's the number one hunting app out there for a reason. Use it. I use it almost all the time. Like Micah says, he uses it every day for work. Hop on their website, use that code, save 20% off, and then you can, you know, have every state out there if you'd like or just, uh, you know, Missouri, whatever state you're in. And then finally, Black Ovis and Camo Fire. Use our code MWW10 on blackovis.com for 10% off. Uh, they sell pretty much everything. I've got a lot of stuff on my wish list that I'm probably going to be looking at getting at some point. I always, I always procrastinate, pussyfoot around, and then I wish I'd already bought it. So I'm trying this year to figure out what it is I want and go ahead and do it, which I probably still won't do, but that's the hope. And then Camo Fire, you know what it is. Flash sale, daily stuff, uh, resets every single day. Every 24 hours, you got new deals. I'm not going to get on the website today and, and go through it, but it's on there. We talked about some cool sunglasses on there last week. Um, if you're looking to save some money and you're not really positive how much something costs or if you don't even really know what you want, that's what Camo Fire does to me, dude. I'll get on there and I'll be scrolling. And I'll be like, oh, that's cool. That's what I like about it because it's not that much stuff. Uh, each day, I don't know how many items are on there, but it can't be more than like 30 every day. And so it, it's not overwhelming. You scroll through it. You check out what it is you might like, and you move on. You buy some stuff. You might. You might not. Uh, and that's what I love about Camo Fire. So check them out. And that's our sponsors. Appreciate them all for doing what they do for us. And then before we get in, make sure you check out our new website, MissouriWoodsAndWater.com. Just launched last week or the week before, maybe three weeks ago. I don't know. Somewhere in there. And... The biggest thing we're we're trying to do is is uh, kind of have one spot for everybody to go check us out. You can check out our podcast there, learn learn more about us. Uh, our gearbox page is going to be pretty cool. We're gonna each one of us is going to tell basically everybody what it is we use, from I don't know boots to arrows to the bow we use, broadheads we like. Um, I'm probably even going to build out like broadheads I like. I use now and other broadheads I have used in the past and liked um, because it doesn't necessarily mean that a broadhead I'm not using anymore isn't one that I didn't like. So I might even include that in my gearbox too. Um, so it's going to be something where uh, you can kind of do some extra research on if you're looking for new stuff. So check it out. And then eventually we're going to have links to our YouTube channel that'll have uh, reviews of each of those items. But that's going to take time and I don't have that much of it but it will eventually happen. So check out our website. Appreciate everybody for listening. Let's hop into today's show with Dan Johnson, the Turkey God. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with me today is the Emperor himself. We'll talk about that name in a second. Dan Johnson with the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast, among others. How's it going, buddy? Going good. It's always it's always good to talk to you, Nate. You uh, you brighten my day every time we talk. That that makes me sad for you. <laughs> what do you What do you think about the ter- the emperor term that you've been given? Uh I you know it is what it is. It's better than dumbass. It's right? true. It's true. Or asshole. Or you know I could just keep going and list a whole bunch of names that that is better than. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know who started it, but uh, I I guess it, it doesn't suck. I would either blame Josh Raley 
or um, Andrew Muntz on that. I don't Andrew, know for yeah. sure, but it sounds like one of them twos would have been the one that started that term. Right. That's right. What gonna, that's what right. I'm going to go with. But who knows? Could have been Nick Otto. You know, could could have been Nick. He's a could've real. Di- he's a real dick. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I bet you he's never been called that. Before never. In never life. in his life. Never. Before just now. Never in his life. And it was in Jess Nick. He's, dude, he is literally that guy. Man, there, there was a movie once where the guy, you know, like he, the guy, the, the main character was a big asshole, and then he moved next door. In, in this new community and the neighbor was just this friendly really nice guy and and so the asshole kept taking advantage of him but the the neighbor was still kind and nice and generous to him all the time uh and uh and that reminds me of nick that like just sounds like about the, right like a dude a dude who was like dude i got a major sunburn can i get your shirt oh yeah here take my shirt you know like <laughs> yeah yeah, like when you get angry and yell at somebody, if you're in the presence of Nick, you feel worse about yourself because yeah. you know he would not have done that. Exactly. Yeah. He he is who I'm trying to be. I'm not because I know I'll never make it there. <laughs> you just give it up. Yep. You've just yeah. given up. I don't need to try. It's not going to work. Shout out Nick Otto. Yeah, the, the Hunter of War podcast. The Hunter of War podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing I just, before we get into today's topic, another thing I, I kind of noticed was, uh, this will be episode number 157 for the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. Okay. And the first time we've had Dan Johnson on our show. Really? I wasn't on before? Never. I've oh. been on your show. This is what you're probably thinking. I've been on your show several times. Okay. And I keep like, when, when that happens, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I was, I had, Dan and I have talked. I went back and looked. You have never been on our show one time okay. so i'm making a note right yeah. here that i'm Go gonna ahead kick you off the network do that uh because lack of lack of exposure for me lack of communication <laughs> lack of exactly yep i'm the emperor dude I, I should be on i should have a guest slot on every one of your podcasts every other week should be dan johnson every other week yeah yeah Jesus. people don't want that <laughs> i though. did look at well so i before shows i go through and i'll look at previous shows and tell people mm-hmm. hey this person was on episode 56 for this. I went yeah. through our entire list. I'm like, where the F is my show with Dan? <laughs> so then I went back through your list and they're all on your show. It was all. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting, but uh, yeah. So sorry about Mr. Emperor. Don't, uh, don't decapitate me with a, uh, no, you're ed- good. You're good. I'll just probably steal your children. That's all right. You can have them. <laughs> hey, I, I've met oh, your, I've met yeah. your kids. And if your kids and my kids got together, you would want to kill yourself in a matter of. Yeah, I'd be there'd be there'd be hours. problems. There there would be like something either really cool would happen, like something amazing would have been built in the backyard. Like, hey, look at we made an extension in the treehouse, or a garage would start on fire. The latter. Those are two, two things. Yeah. The latter more likely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, your your I think it's your youngest son and my middle son Chase would would cause issues. I think. Okay. Yeah. They, right. they they look like they're both just mischievous little dudes. We may have to get them together at some point. Oh, it would be fun. It would be fun. All right. Well, Mr. Turkey Killer himself, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to come out sometime early May. So it's going to be in, in the middle towards the end of our turkey season in Missouri. I don't know what the hell it's like mm-hmm. up in Iowa. But yeah. uh, 
You just said, I'm going to go kill a turkey, and then you made it so. Sounds yeah. like. Yep. yep. Well, when you're uh, when you're as good as me, uh, and you have the woodsmanship that I have, and you have the skills that I have, um, the intuition that I have, uh, are there any other words that I need to put in there? Douchiness. Douchiness, yes. That's a big when one. you have the, dou- the douchiness <laughs> that I have, you can go out and you can you can be successful especially during the turkey season. I mean, it's so easy. Anybody can do it. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can. So does that mean I'm a loser since I haven't done it? Yeah, I mean, duh. I, I guess you right? have to, you got to go turkey hunting for it to happen. But. Exactly. I went turkey hunting for about 15 minutes. And it took me longer to walk out and walk back to my truck the 300 yards than it did for the actual hunt to unfold. That's funny. Did you do like any scouting or anything the night before you went, or you were just like, Hey, this is my farm. It's 30 minutes from the house or whatever. And I'm, yep. I'm going to go Turkey hunt and see what happens. Uh, here's, here's the thought process that I had going into the, this hunt <clears throat> last year. I saw a Turkey in this field. Therefore I will go to this field again. And that is all, that's the only thinking that I did, you know, as far as strategy for, for leading up to that hunt. I mean, it was like, my brain was shut off, right? It was like, I got up at four in the morning. I got out there. I started, I I rolled the windows down. It was nice out. I mean, the weather was beautiful. Uh, I had the windows down. I was drinking my coffee. I was watching the sun come up just a little bit. And I said, well, I better get, better start walking. And I, I was, I was at the farmhouse, you know, shut my door, had rolled my windows up, shut my door, had my gun leaning against the, the truck. And I heard a gobble and I heard this gobble eventually back where I was uh, planning on going, where I ultimately killed this bird at. But the, the crazy part was it was the earliest I had ever heard a gobble. I mean, the sun was it was just barely light in uh, to the to the east right and it and it was i was like man that's strange i didn't like slam my door so hard that there was a shot like a shot gobble mm-hmm. um and you just you know like when it was even before the songbirds started chirping um you know there's there's this one bird that sounds like like do you know what bird i'm talking about I don't know why that that sound didn't come through the speaker. I, I I'm gonna okay. yeah. I wish I could hear. I'm gonna try. It. I'm gonna try it one more time. Okay. I'm really pissed off that my speaker is not picking that up. Oh man! Well, it, it's like but it's it's less like a motorcycle and more like a bird, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, this was way before that guy's those birds even start to to sound off. Um, like there was maybe one or two owl hoots, but that was it. And, and so he gobbled that located him for me and I was still standing at my truck. And then, so I started walking down this field edge and the sun's starting to come up a little bit, right. Starting to get a little lighter. We're in this, we're in the gray light period. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I stop, set my gun down, get my calls out. And I'm just kind of waiting Usually I wait for at least the songbirds to start. Songbirds started to chirp a little bit. I heard an owl 
poot in the distance. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start soft calling these he- like with on my slate call. Mm-hmm. And instantly, no gobbles, but another hen responded right away back to me. I mean, and every time that I called, she would respond, call, respond, call, respond. And then another hen would would chirp up and call, respond, but n- there was no gobbles. And so I had a uh, like a full strut decoy that I brought with me. And I said, well, I'm going to walk down this two track to this other field. Uh, it's kind of like this secluded hidden field. Walk down this two track. And I started calling a little bit again. That hen responded. But there was no there was no gobble. So I'm like, ah, it's just a couple hens back here. I'm going to I'm going to go a different direction down a different path and head to the same field, but from a different direction and, and set up way, way back there. And uh, I I know more than took a step backwards and turned around to walk back up the hill. And. Two toms sounded two two gobbles from the same area these hens were at, but just like a little further back. And so. I literally walked 15 yards further down that two track. I put my full strut decoy right in the center. And it was like, it's a mini, it's like, it's the decoy is shrunk down. It's not, it doesn't look like a full blown Turkey. It's like a mini Turkey. And so I put it right in the middle of the two track. I sat behind a multiflower rose bush uh, with my, on my, with my Turkey vest that kind of has like a chair built into it. So I can lean back. And I, and I sat there and I started calling a little bit, really like just soft calling. And every once in a while, this Tom would respond. And it was like, you know how you can tell it, it, it's a, it's a Jake. Uh, they, it's like they're coughing almost to get their gobble out. It's like out they're trying their a, hardest to get it out. Exactly. <laughs> versus a, a, a mature Tom that's just, you know, like mm-hmm. ripping them off. And so I knew this guy, I, I knew there was one mature Tom in there. And I knew there was probably one Jake back there based off of just the two gobbles that I heard. Well, anyway, um, one hen in a tree sees me and she's like, she starts to get nervous, but she doesn't start plucking. And um, so, so I sit down and I think what happened was I sat down and calmed. She calmed down because she was still in the tree and I stopped moving. And, and so the other two hens that were, further to the east of me, they were really, uh, they were going crazy. I mean, these hens were, they did not like the fact that I was there. Every time I started calling, they were, they were just on me. Uh, again, they would respond. And, and then and that they're, would still, make, they're still in the roost at that time. Yep. Everybody's yeah. still on the roost at this time. Sun starts coming up and, uh, the hen, the first hen that I saw, the one that didn't respond at all, the one that saw me, she flew down and was walking kind of parallel to me. And then she walked a complete opposite direction. And I said, ah, you know, those toms are going to fly down and they're going to follow her. Meanwhile, the other two hens are in the tree. They, they continue to go, they fly down and they're talking the whole time. They're chirping back and forth with each other. And so I kind of just calmed down just a little bit on my calling and they they eventually started walking away. Now the the thing that I think saved me in this instance, and so the toms weren't following those hens, and they came to my call. Is that this this particular property 
four foot and up four or four foot and down is thick, nasty, multiflower rows, old cattle pasture, just like high stem count. Thorny. You can't see very. Yeah. yeah. You're just really like, if you get on your knees, you can't see shit. And so I think that's what actually saved me because they worked their way out. Then the Toms flew down. He gobbled once in the valley uh, in this big drainage. And, you know, they once they fly down, they sound like they're further away because there's there's a whole bunch of land and you can hear the echo from the from the different ridges and things like that. And so the, then the hens kind of shut up. I started calling again. And I think what happened is he just thought I was them. And so he 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 gobbled once in the bottom. I called. Nothing happened. I called again. Nothing happened. Uh, he closed probably 100 yards really quick and gobbled one more time right inside the timber. I called. I called one more time. He gobbled one more time. And this time I knew he was facing me because you could hear every little you could detail. Feel it. You could feel it. Yeah. I mean, he was close. He was probably, he was probably 60 yards. And I, I was sitting on the corner of a two track that kind of took a 90 degree turn. And so um, I knew he was coming my way. So I stopped. And all of a sudden I see this lone Tom just puff up go down, take like five steps, puff up, come down, take like five steps, puff up, come down. And uh, he gobbled one more time facing right at me. And then he, he, he's, he came out of strut, walked maybe five more feet. And I just, I hit him with everything. I mean, I, he was, he, he was probably at 20 yard, 25 or 30 yards. And I, he took, I feel like he took every single bullet I had in my like he just took it and he went straight down. He didn't even flop. It was over for him. I looked at I looked at my phone and it was 6:25 in the morning. So, uh it was almost to the point where like he had a white head and and so the white head was in in this gray light in this really low light condition. It was legal shooting light, but we're we're still kind of in this thick timber in between two fields. Yep. So there's still a lot of shadows and things like that. And so it was his white head. That was the perfect target in all that darkness. And uh, I smoked him and man, I got back to my truck and my coffee was still hot. And that, that, that's like, that that's the best. That is literally the best is when you can walk out on day one or in the first hunt of the season, get the job done. And then, now, now my now I'm not even thinking about turkeys anymore. I just want to go shoot a deer. Yeah, so that's first off, congrats. And yep. uh, I, you know, I think a lot of that was when he flew down. Maybe he didn't see the the hens that you know went mm-hmm. the opposite direction. So when you called, if they didn't call back, that might have saved you just as much right. uh, because he thought they right. were where you were, which is where they were yep. roosted. You know yep. what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's where they were roosted at. So. Uh, that would make sense that he thought they were there, but um, he, they weren't. It was you. Yep, yep. The cool part, the and I. This is the first time I've ever seen this happen in my God, however many years I've been a turkey hunter. I dropped this tom, and then I don't remember if it was three or four Jakes came over to him, 
and started jumping on his head and pecking at him and beating him up. And, and, uh, I wish my wife would have been there or I would have been there and I could have taken the, you know, taken the gun and, or, you know, two of us could have been there and tagged yeah. out, but, uh, it was cool to see, you know, that, and I, I mean, they heard the gun go off, <laughs> but there's, it's crazy how there's that reaction in, in those animals to disregard everything and then go and try to defeat the injured bird. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. Defeat the, the hierarchy. Um, yeah. I really take over and be the dominant, you know, the dominant breeder. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into this guy in a minute, Paul Campbell, but he, they were on our show and he was talking about turkeys a, a while ago. And the, the, topic of reaping came up which i don't want to talk about oh yeah but the topic mm-hmm. of reaping came up and he's a- against it and yep. one of the reasons he says is you you get these four five-year-old birds that are impossible to kill otherwise and you kill them because mm-hmm. they just they have to come beat up what you're attempting to be and if they're yeah. the, if they're the let's say there's 10 males in this area and you kill the top male it takes time to reset that hierarchy. Who's going to be the number one male? And during that yeah. time, breeding's not happening. Right. And so that, you know, that could actually negatively affect the uh, population more than anything. Right. So it when that number one bird gets killed or a bird that's higher up on the food chain than those jakes were, it's almost like they have to say, oh, I can beat him now. They don't realize he's dead yeah. probably. They just think he's... Yeah beatable at the moment and mm-hmm. uh they don't give a shit that there's a 6'2 250 pound dude standing in front of them <laughs> you know with a gun they're just like i'm gonna beat this this guy up which you yeah. do have to kind of yeah. tip your hat to them you know they got at least they got the the desire to win yeah for sure but for sure I, so to the listeners and they know this on my show i haven't been turkey hunting okay two reasons i don't have turkeys where i'm at and okay. I don't know if I should feel guilty about this. I feel like you are a similar mindset as me, but man, I just, I feel guilty that I don't give a shit about turkey hunting as much as other people do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't like it, but right around this time of year, I start thinking about the second animal you just brought up two minutes ago, Yeah, which is whitetails. Yeah. How, how do you handle that in your life? I mean, there's some people that like Paul Campbell, my gosh, man. That's all he thinks about is turkeys. Yeah. It is yep. prime I, season. Like it's it's go time right now. There's, it's his rut. And, it's his rut. And right I'm now. just like, yeah, I mean, if, if a turkey showed up at the farm I'm at, I might go hunt him. Yeah. You know. I don't know, man. It's you know, it's one of those people just have preferences for certain things. Like some guys like butts, some guys like boobs, some guys like deer, some guys like turkeys, man. I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's uh it's just preference and uh people get their kicks in different ways and uh this year though i will say talking with some of the people that i've talked to you know talking with paul talking with uh parker uh, a little bit talking with uh, josh and just listening to them talk about turkey hunting it kind of got me fired up a little bit to go and the fact that I took my daughter out during youth season, man, we were this close. All he needed to do was step out behind this tree. And he was, if she would have made the shot, 
he would have been a he would have been toast. Yeah. Outside of that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try this year. I know I'm not going to be able to go down to my main farm that I've hunted for all these years, but I will. I still the the farm that I'm in the process of losing hasn't been sold yet, and the landowner said I can hunt it until it's sold. And so, actually, later today, I'm getting ready to go out there and, and go look for some mushrooms. But, uh, but so it was it's it was just the opening day. I didn't go out because I had stuff to do the next morning. I mean, I, I actually, I had to be back here for a phone call at 10 o'clock that morning. Right. So it, it wasn't like I hadn't planned anything huge. It was go till nine and then go back home. And then the next morning I was going to do the same thing. And that was going to be my turkey season, right? For 2850 here in Iowa, the resident, my resident turkey tag, shotgun tag. I felt like hey, I might as well just go buy it, give it a go shot. do it, yeah, give it a shot. Fifteen minutes from my house, and luckily it all it all worked out. And now I can say I'm the best turkey hunter in the world because of what I've accomplished, and and shut that part of my brain off and go into <laughs> go into whitetail mode, man. Per capita, that might be true. I mean, you probably spent the least yeah. amount of times in the woods. Yep. And you have a, a Tom to show for it. So I guess that yep. could be, that be, could be correct. And don't get me wrong, dude. Like if, if the farms I hunt had turkeys on them, the, the, the sun would change everything, you know, yeah. if, cause he's asked me, uh, during our youth season, he even, he asked, you know, do we, is there any turkeys we can go hunt? And, you know, I was like, dude, there's nothing there. I mean, we can go if you want, but you're not. West Central, Missouri. Uh, Yeah, West Central. Yeah. Okay, West Central Missouri, man. I thought for for some reason Missouri was a a a turkey state. It has been turkey, like yeah. And and so you guys are all right. So in Iowa, the past I'm going to say seven years, five to seven years, turkey hunting, in my opinion, has been way down. The number of birds that I've heard and seen has been way down. This year has been the first year where I feel like the animal has taken a turn for, uh, man, I, I can remember this, man, it was one morning I, I, I got up and I drove around and I saw like six strutting toms out in the fields. And then uh, when I went with my daughter, man, we heard turkeys gobbling all over the place. And then when I went, I heard turkeys in several uh, in several areas sounding off, you know, not on the farm that I was at, but on different farms. And so I was like, man, I felt I felt good about the direction. Maybe they're making a bit of a rebound now. So but I also thought that Missouri was one of the top states in the nation as far as Turkey was concerned. Like you guys in Tennessee were the two top turkey hunting states in the in the nation i would say it still is you got to take what i just said with context too um because when we're when we're coyote hunting and you know a lot of times in those very early mornings where we're set up right at that first light when when you let out a coyote howl you'll get a lot of gobbles out of trees okay because it's just like that just like a hoot an owl hoot or whatever yep um the context that i have to give is there's plenty of turkeys around me yeah. The two farms that I hunt just are the worst setups for a turkey. 
and one of them yeah. actually just got worse. You were talking about losing your farm. I kind of feel like I'm about to lose my farm that I've been hunting on forever. The the two farms to the south of that farm were just purchased, and yeah. I don't know a month and a half after those farms were per- purchased, every single tree that was on those farms disappeared. Uh, oh, they logged it right they, away. They they didn't even log. It. I mean, they logged it sure, but then they also just bulldozed everything and now it's going to be you know more crops so not only did that kill the turkey possibilities um i think it's going to really hurt my deer uh hunting just because the farm i actually hunt doesn't have that much timber i'm actually kind of hunting those farms waiting for the deer to make a mistake and come on to me almost um yeah and then the other farm i hunt is so close to the city it just they never have really been there they did show back up a few years ago and that's where my son almost killed his first turkey, uh, just like I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were saying with your daughter, and um, they kind of then they they like they show up as soon as the winter flock kind of breaks up. Mm-hmm. They'll all of a sudden be just like a handful of these turkeys, and they're there for a few weeks and then gone again. And this yeah. year they just really didn't do that uh, for whatever reason, which could be a good thing for them. But so I just you know don't have the the best setups for turkeys and and in this this year it kind of played out that way i don't think missouri is in essence that way our area is very crop heavy gotcha and as you know agriculture becomes more and more efficient you lose that buffer strip a lot of times in between timber and and, uh, cornfield Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot less timber in our area than there used to be just like i told you that happens a lot um it doesn't mean that the turkey population is hurting i think we're probably doing better this year than we were two or three years ago um but me specifically not a not a single bird on in sight i haven't even bought a tag yet i don't well don't waste the 17 go find (laughs) what you got some public you can go hop on or something so this is where I kind of feel bad. Yes, I do. I just yeah. don't care about turkeys enough to really. I <laughs> to get up early enough. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. You know, I mean, I got some public about 45 minutes to an hour away that I think probably carries them. Uh, they would yeah. do well, but there's a few things. Number one, do I really care that much about the turkey? Not really. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I don't know that I want to be in the woods with a bunch of other dudes with shotguns. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'll say this, my daughter, uh, if it wasn't for her interest this year, I wouldn't have went. She's the reason why I got all my stuff ready. Uh, she's the reason why I, you know, I got out and did what, did what I did in hopes of getting her a bird. And, and the only reason I bought a tag for myself is because I bought one for her. And I said, well, uh, you know, might as well. And then listening to a couple other guys talk about it, it, it kind of relit the flame for me because man, back in the day, 2000 and 2001, I believe is when I shot my first ever Turkey. I was 21 years old and I uh, went out and I shot it with my uncles and man, it, I had so much fun the next handful of years because we made it an annual thing where we would go to this big piece of public land. My uncle lived close. My uncles lived close to it. They knew where the birds were at. Uh, we even had a, a real little cabin that we would stay in, and uh, and and 
you know, basically stomp around these, you know, this thousand plus acres of public and call and work birds. And, and we even had some access through some private to get to this. It wasn't landlocked, but it kind of went up a river. The, the land went up the river. So the only way to get, get there was a, the long way. And man, we had, we had so much fun doing that. It just kind of sank uh, into me. And then for the next 10 years, that's all I did was, you know, well, I, I deer hunted too, but uh, between 2000 and I would say that between 2001 and 2016, I killed, I killed more turkeys than I did deer. That's for sure. That's cool. And, uh, and, and so then, then in 2007 or six, when I started, I still turkey hunted, but my main focus was deer at that point. And then somewhere around, I, man, I don't even remember. I, I took my wife out like five years in a row or it was more than that. And she shot like five, five toms. And I, I just became interested in calling for my wife and calling for my stepdad. And that was it, man. I didn't even care if I got a bird any, anymore. And then that slowly just faded away. And now here I am this year again, kind of thinking next year, I want to make plans to go on an out of state Turkey hunt, like to Missouri or somewhere, or, uh, you know, maybe Western Illinois, cause it's close or go try to shoot a Merriam or a Rio or something like that. Which is cool. And it's probably all because of your daughter. You oh know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, absolutely. and that's the only reason I got into it a few years ago was my son. When Turkey showed up to the farm, mm-hmm. he got all excited and we took him. Yep. And I, I, that was some of the best times I've had in my life, you know, with him because yep. Turkey hunting is a little more, uh, you know, I, I was with him when he killed his first buck, mm-hmm. but Turkey hunting is just different than than deer mm-hmm. hunting. A little more fast paced. We were moving more, and you know, then it hits you like a you know a, a lightning bolt. Oh my God! There's a tom, and just all this stuff happens. And you yeah. know, he didn't kill the deer, much like your daughter or the turkey, much like your situation with your mm-hmm. daughter this year. It sounds like, but it it did give that fire to me. But then, yeah, dude, I, I don't don't get me wrong. If there were turkeys where I where I hunt, I would. I would be out there with the boys for myself yeah. though. I don't know. It's, I think you have used this term with, with your family life, just like I feel like is applicable to me, the whole banking time, right? Mm-hmm. I hunt the shit out of deer. I go on an out of state hunt every year and I hunt the shit out of coyotes. Yeah. I feel like my wife would leave me if I got ate up with turkeys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably the reason why I'm not doing other stuff throughout the year. I mean, I like I I love fishing too, but I only do it like twice a year because if I got a boat, and there's there's several places around here where I could you know go. I could go up to the the better pools of the Mississippi and Northeast Iowa that are like two two or three hours from here. Yeah, I I would just end up you know. I don't know, getting divorced or, or, yeah. uh, but instead I've decided, you know, this spring I'm a baseball coach. I'm a football coach. Uh, you know, I, I'm a chauffeur, take my daughter to dance. Uh, f- actually Fridays, we don't have anything going on. There's nothing going on on Fridays. We have soccer, soccer games on Saturday, football games and soccer games on Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, 
And then as soon as football's over here, then we get back into wrestling. Mm -hmm. And, and so it just, it never ends, man. It never ends. No. And that's the thing with families that, you know, when you're an outdoorsman, there is a, a balancing game, you know, because I mean, the outdoorsman in me just wants to go coyote hunting all the time right now. Pups Pups are hitting the ground. Uh, this would be a time to be out there, although technically you can't hunt them with a rifle during the day until May 8th. But anyways, that's a, a different story. Yeah. But the the father and you know family guy in me knows that this time of the year, April, May, are probably the two busiest months in my family's yeah. life the entire year. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you've got, just like you said, my daughter's in high school track right now. She's playing competitive softball. I've got two boys playing baseball and wrestling. Like it is every night of our life is spoken for, mm-hmm. and then probably every weekend. Uh, it's Friday. Yep. You and I are recording on a Friday. After you, got, you yep. and I get done recording, I'm gonna go eat some lunch and head to my daughter's track meet. It's yeah. just it's nonstop, and yep. if I had turkeys, I would give it an effort. But I feel like it'd yep. be about a half-assed effort. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd go in the yep. morning, and if if I didn't see anything by eight thirty nine o'clock, I'd be gone, and I might try it again, and then that would be that. Um, and I almost feel dirty, like, you know, I almost feel bad that I don't give a shit like others. And I, I love turkeys and I love turkey hunting, but it's just like this time of the year with everything I've put my family through all through the winter, I think it's my wife's turn for me to just be, uh, you know, that present person that is, and I'm just like you, I'm, I'm coaching, uh, softball and helping out with that too. So, um, when I find myself outdoors, I find myself, even right now, during turkey season, I find myself thinking about deer. Yeah. How, what, yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like you're in a similar boat that, yeah, you, you got a re, um, you got reinvigorated with turkeys, but what about deer hunting this time of year? What, what are you starting to think about? Yeah. Uh, mostly. Okay. So I had to apply for Kansas and I had to apply for, uh, South Dakota this year. They've changed like, uh, South Dakota changed from a automatic draw to a, uh, a limited draw. So now I'm, you know, I had to apply and we'll see if I draw or not. Uh, I have, I had one point for Kansas. So basically I'm going to apply for Kansas. I, I already applied for Kansas this year, hoping that I'll, I'll get in there. And so I've really just been thinking about whitetails a lot because of this op, this, this first time I'm, I'm ever actually heading out specifically for whitetails down to Kansas. And this is my first out of state hunt specifically for whitetails. I mean, when I, I go to Nebraska and when I go to South Dakota, man, I'm, I'm going for, hopefully mule deer, but there's some, you know, there's some, some carryovers. Yeah. Some mix there, but like, um, this is, I'm really thinking about, like, I'm looking at a lot of public land in the zones that I, that I picked. I'm looking for, uh, you know, access routes on those pieces of public, you know, do I need to maybe think about getting a boat, you know, because some of this public is around a lake, uh, just, 
things like, you know, the, the things that we always think about just on new pieces of property uh, in different states, you know, so just the standard e-scouting is really what I'm doing this time of year, trying to put the schedule together. Like I'm looking at a whiteboard right now that I have to start over because it had all of my 2022 hunts written down and the dates that I ha- was going. And so now I got to start to figure out what dates do I want to go to potentially Nebraska or South Dakota. Uh, I might hunt Kansas this year. If I hunt Kansas, man, I'm going to be close to Oklahoma. So I might give Oklahoma a shot. And, and so uh, it's just really trying to plan and prep and schedule all of this. Now, on top of all of that, that boring stuff, the deer, man, I have, I have one cell cam out right now and it is sending me pictures of this like every day there's this i'm gonna guess him to be maybe a three-year-old but he's got nubs on him like you know they everything looks big right now so yeah i don't know whatever that whatever size this is the nub the bases look like this right now and they're they're probably about an inch two inches tall and so i'm just like oh buddy and then you're just like who could this guy be and i start digging through all the trail camera pictures and i'm looking for indicators like a split ear or a scar on his face, or he's got one in good eye or whatever it is. And, and just going, Ooh, if this is him, Oh, he's going to be a good one. And so uh, it was two weeks ago. And it was actually during youth season. Uh, I ended up pulling all my trail cameras off my main farm, uh, all but a couple. And I, I went through all that data and man, I, my, my number one target buck on my main farm made it through the season this year. I think early March or late February is when I got my last picture of him. He was a giant eight with junk this year. And if he, if he takes that next step, man, he'll be, he'll be a gorgeous deer, uh, five-year-old, six-year-old type, type deer. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing if he, uh, he makes it back out to the, the farm this year. See like that five seconds, you just talked about these deer. I, it got me more excited than I've yeah. gotten any other time, you know, this spring. And that that's all I'm thinking about, you know. It's just like mm-hmm. what's what's coming. Um, you yeah. know, I, I started now we can do that in Missouri. You can't. I I put started putting mineral out uh first of April. And I know deer are yeah. hitting I know deer are hammering. We can put mineral oh, okay. We can put mineral out in Iowa. We just can't hunt or over it or bait. Like we can't bait or hunt over the mineral or close to the mineral or gotcha. Uh, so we have to, so all my mineral stations are in like locations that I don't hunt. Gotcha. Okay. So in Missouri, it's a little different. You can hunt over salt, but you can't hunt over any type of like grain or anything like that. So there's the, mm-hmm. the difference and it depends on what County you're in too with CWD. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you know, last year was a rough year deer wise for me. I just didn't have the deer. We had a pretty bad drought in the summer. I think that might've caused some problems. And, uh, yeah. we talked, I think we talked about it on your show. I passed on some three-year-olds, um, possibly even two-year-olds, but now I'm just like, is it going to change? Is this year going to be different? I just told you about the one farm that I had this huge, huge change in the landscape. So now I'm really looking forward to what are the trail cams going to say? Are they going to disappear? Right. Are they going to show up at my farm even more? What's going to go mm-hmm. on there? And yeah. that's all I can think about. So really like anytime I have some time, I've, I've been out dumping mineral. 
I really want to put cameras yeah. out, all, which would be really early for me. Um, and I also have a possibility of Kansas. Uh, I, yeah. It would be a, a piece of private, but um, I actually need to start doing my research on when do I have to apply by. I'm already missed that. Right. Right now. Like you better apply right now. Like today. today. Like today. Okay. Like I'm what's the date today? Today is the, I think, I think April 28th, a no joke is the last day that you can apply. All right. I'll do some work. Yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any points in Kansas. Obviously I don't even know how to apply there yeah. yet. Um, been doing all my elk applications. I think I applied to Wyoming, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and Colorado this year. Uh, I already yeah. know I did not draw for New Mexico and haven't heard from the other states. I know I'm not going to draw Arizona. It's more just trying to build points for if I ever get lucky enough. Yeah. But um, our our unit in Colorado that we've always hunted is now a draw-only unit. Okay. So we had to put in for it, and if we don't get it, we got to look at backup plans and things like that. So my brain has just kind of been cervid-related, elk, whitetail. Yeah. And, you know, uh, if there were turkeys – turkeys would show up and then i hear this story this freaking guy dan johnson just waltzes out into the into the timber and says hi ho hi hum i'm here to kill a turkey and just does it it's easy it's yeah. it's pretty easy it was so easy. easy a caveman I, could do it i'm a caveman too man <laughs> it was easy I'm, I'm not gonna lie it was it was easy uh yeah man i gotta i gotta start putting together okay so here's my here's my issue I was told I need a knee replacement. My knee's junk. And so they gave me a shot. It feels better now. It feels yep. real good. But that those shots are only going to last so long until this knee just eventually gives out. It's because it's garbage. And it uh, it's and even though I'm only 42, the doctor said I qualify for, for one. So I'm thinking in the next couple of years, I want to get a – I'm going to get a knee replacement. Well – that's not the best year to try to draw an elk tag in Wyoming. So I don't know if I'm going to, if I want to get the knee replacement first, give it a couple years, build the leg back up and then go, you know, then go out to Wyoming or do I do Wyoming first after a good shot and then get the knee surgery after that season? Dude. You're preaching to the choir. I'm the same situation as you. I've had five knee surgeries yeah. on one of my knees. Uh, I'm just behind you on age, so we're pretty close. And the doctor has the same conversation with me. I go get a shot about two weeks before we leave for Colorado every year. And yeah. then I get a shot usually about six months after that. And you're right. Yeah. The shot helps for a while. You know, it helps with keeping it, you know, not so swollen after working it or whatever. And the mm -hmm. last time I was with him, he says – what uh what do you do? What are this what do you like to do? I go out to Colorado every year, you know, chase elk and I try to play basketball to stay in shape here and there and you know, like to wrestle around with the boys and he goes, "You know, I would replace your knee tomorrow." <laughs> but you're going to ruin it too quickly by being yeah. this active. So him and I made a joke that I'm just going to trash this knee to the point of no return before he replaces it. So, yeah. It, yeah. you know, I feel your pain, man. I definitely feel your pain. Yeah. My doctor almost went the opposite direction. He said, get, get one now and then get one again when you're 65 or 70. 
so you'll just have two on the same knee. Yeah. And and then that way you'll be able to live. You know, you, you'll be able to be as active as humanly possible. It's not going to stop you from doing anything now. It's just I think they said 12 to 20 weeks is the rehab just to not necessarily build all the muscle back up around it, but get the strength to, to walk without a walker or yeah. crutches or, or something like that. And so uh, that means that I got to time it. Right. So I'll get my knee surgery in probably January. Once the season's over, schedule it for January, March, no shed hunting that year, probably no Turkey hunting that year. Uh, and then hopefully that following year, it's just maybe a really light whitetail year of just a bunch of tree stand sitting mm-hmm. and, and I can use my e-bike or whatever to, you know, get, get to places. But then outside of that, you know, then I'll have it another whole year under my belt to, to rehab it and then get back into the swing of things. But man, it makes me a little nervous because it's like, I am so active I, I don't want that knee surgery to like all of a sudden be an anchor for me. Yeah. That that's the whole reason I haven't done it right there. You just, you yeah. laid it out perfectly and make no mistake. Yeah. If you go ahead and get yours before me, I will make fun of you when you're walking around on, <laughs> with a walker. You sissy. Yeah. Like, you got tennis balls on the back of your walker. Like you're 95 yeah. years old. It's going to be great. Yeah. I will make I'm fun gonna of you. I'm going to eat ice cream. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that, that probably has nothing to do with it. I'll just eat ice cream. Yeah. Tell the kids to get off your lawn. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you're going to have to do it at some point, but I, I'm putting it off as long as I can, but maybe I should go your route. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much pain I'm in before my next shot. Cause what is it? Three or four months. You can only get three of them a year. I, my doctor wants me no more than once every six months or so. So like if I come okay. after, you know, if I have one and then five months later I'm in there, he's going to be okay with it. But he really yeah. doesn't want me doing it too much more than that. Um, but I don't know what it actually is supposed to be. It could be every quarter. He just doesn't want to see me. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you're just a dick. <laughs> it's true. But man, congratulations on the freaking Turkey. Just waltzing Thank out you. there and taking care of business. Uh, had yep. to, I had to talk with, I think I'm even going to name this episode, Dan Johnson, the Turkey master or something like that. Uh, you should name this episode. Dan Johnson is a better Turkey hunter than Paul Campbell episode. Oh my gosh. Those are fighting words you, right there. I know, but it's probably true. How many, he, he's killed a couple birds this year though. Yeah. He's, he went down to what, Florida right off the bat and yeah, he took got care of business. Osceola, I think I'm going to tell you this much. I will never love turkey hunting enough to go chase turkeys where there's freaking big ass snakes and alligators walking around with me too. <laughs> Pythons and all yeah. that stuff. Nah, right. you just keep those turkeys there. But there uh, can, yeah, congratulations to him on that. I saw that. But so, what do you got in the hopper? What's coming down for Nine Finger Chronicles? And and talk about how people can uh, check you out. Yeah, man, just the same old stuff. I'll just be uh, really actually what I'd like to take this time to do is talk about a new podcast that we're introducing to the network. Uh, by the time this launch, this one launches, we're going to be, we're going to have the official podcast of vapor trail. Uh, the, everybody knows the vapor trail, uh, bow hunting accessories and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they're putting together a podcast and it's going to be on the sportsman's empire. 
So uh, on top of all of the other great content that we have, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a real quick Houndsman XP, Oklahoma, the Vapor Trail podcast, which it will be called The Range. Uh, go the Go Wild podcast, uh, uncensored by Go Wild, Missouri Woods and Water, Whitetail Landscapes, Wisconsin uh, Sportsman, Western Rookie, How to Hunt Turkey, Ohio, The Nine Finger Chronicles, Antler Up, The Average Conservationist, The Nomadic Outdoorsman, The Hunt of War, uh, How to Hunt Deer podcast, uh, DIY Sportsman, The Whitetail Experience, The Southern Ground uh, podcast, The Limb Hanger podcast the hunting gear podcast, the Pennsylvania woodsman podcast. I mean, we're stacked, dude. We, we got an all-star team uh, and we're putting out some killer content every single day on the network. And uh, I just, I, I, I just wish more people would uh, go and check it out and uh, just take a look at some of the, the people that we have putting out this content. I mean, a lot of these people are experts in their field and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just pumped for that. The emperor is taking over new territories. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. And when you say the the podcaster stacked, that is even with us listed in there. So we've got a lot of people. <laughs> we've got a lot of people bringing us up, which we we right. certainly appreciate. Right. You guys are obviously at the bottom. That's no, no, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. That, that day. That day we come out from the 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 last slot will be a great yeah. day for us. Uh, no there, doubt. There no, you no, go. Yeah. So you'll be like 23rd place instead of 24th place. Yeah. The day we, we come out of 23rd to take over Nine Finger Chronicles for 22nd is going to be a terrific <laughs> day. <laughs> That's a fact. All That's right. a fact. Um, Dan Johnson, thanks for coming on, talking a little bit of turkey and whitetail with me today. Appreciate your time, buddy. Good BS session, man. Thanks you. Thanks to you. And uh, man, I, I really appreciate what you guys do at uh, Missouri with the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. You guys have uh, created something special here. And and uh, go go buy a turkey. Just do it. Go buy a turkey tag. Drive the 45 minutes and, and at least give it one morning. I'll try. Or I might just go coyote hunting. We'll see. Or, or go coyote hunting and save a turkey. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, Dan. Thanks for coming on, buddy.